just we want to welcome you. Turn to somebody and say welcome. We are glad to have you here today at Living Word Fellowship Church. Have we got anybody that's excited about getting connected to the Lord and worshiping the Lord? Amen. Hey, do me a favor. If you will, stand up and just kind of uh, put, point your hand towards the kids up here. What we're going to do is ask the Lord to bless you and strengthen you and give you power and, and His power and, and just be a blessing. Let's just pray for our children this morning. God, we just thank you for these young men right here that I'm laying hands on, that you continue to have them grow in the things of God, but you also let them be who they are and who you've designed them to be. I, I call forth the created abilities, God, that you have in each and every one of them right now in Jesus' name, and we just ask that you bless them. We thank you for these women, that we just speak a blessing over them, these young ladies, these young girls. We, 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 we thank you for them. We ask you to continue to give them strength. And, Father, we thank you for them. We call their gifts and talents forth in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise for our kids this morning. Let's turn it over to Tatum. Let's, uh, let's get ready to step into the spiritual realm, guys. And, and let's just begin to let God do something in us today. We're, we're glad you're joining us this morning. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. I am washed, I am washed. I am drenched in
thank you, God. We thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus. We just worship you. And there is no shadow that has ever overcome your light. And there is no rival that could ever stand against your might. You've always been
God, you are the God of the breakthrough. There's nothing too big for you, nothing too hard for you, God.
just wanted to share this scripture. You know, the world is trying to bring fear on us. You can turn on the television. You can look at news channels. You can see the unrest and uh, the lawlessness that's taking place out there. But here's what I want you to know. How many of you know the Word of God is greater? Amen. And when we look at it, I, I, I was thinking about I've been reading in Romans chapter 7 and Romans chapter 8. We're going to get into that a little bit more today. I believe, but he says, um, who will separate us from the love of Christ? He's asking a question. Who will separate you from the love of Christ? He says, will tribulation, is tribulation going to, when things don't go right, is that going to separate you from God's love? When, when things aren't going your way, what about when the world's like it is today and there's all sorts of stuff going on that's absolutely crazy? Will tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or the sword. He says, just as it is written for your sake that we are being put to death all day long, but we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And he talks about that in Psalms 44. But he said that all these things we overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. For I am convinced, come on, this is... This is Paul telling the church in Rome. He said, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things. Come on, that's all the demonic structure that you can read about that's there. Principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. He says, none of these things, nor things present, nor things to come. Listen, nor things that are going on now or the things that you think are going to happen in the future. None of the powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, somebody ought to give him some praise today for that. So here's what I want, I want to get real this morning. There's some stuff in our lives that maybe fear has, has been rampant. I want you to take that fear and begin to put it up against what God says in His Word about His love. Watch love begin to dissipate that fear. So what is that? What is that thing that may be there that's fear? But I don't want you to focus as much on that thing as much as you focus on the love of God. Just think about that. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's a, we, we, we say it's the love of God. It's the kindness of God, the goodness of God that brings a man to repentance to change the way he thinks about things. You know what? The Bible says that God is love. And listen, love keeps no records of wrongs. Ouch. Keeps no records of, of wrongs doing. So let's, let's think about that fear that may be there and begin to see love begin to sneak up on it. In fact, God is love, so he's walking up on that fear. And how many of you know the fear may seem real big right now, but if you'll just look in the spiritual realm and you'll see God walking up on that fear, all of a sudden that fear has got to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So I just pray that, that you'll just be able to walk in the love of God, that you'll be able to see that and overcome those fears that are in our lives. Just begin to see the love of God and just to see, begin to see Him pouring out on it. And watch that fear just begin to dissipate right now. It's shrinking. 
You know, I think Paul says, I must, I must decrease so God can increase. That's his love in us that increases. I just call forth an increased measure of fear in your life this morning. And watch, uh, uh, excuse me, love. I call an increased measure of love in your life this morning. So it will overcome the fear that you may be dealing with. Increased measure of love. So it will overcome that fear that you're dealing with this morning. Thank you, Lord. there's been a scripture going off in me and it's Isaiah 40 I think those who wait on the Lord those those people shall renew their strength it doesn't even say read the word it says wait on him and in this generation wait is a bad word So I hear God saying, if you would just give me two minutes every single day, just two minutes, and you would rest and wait on me. He said, I don't think that's too hard because you can't hear in all of the stress and the strain and the fear you cannot hear me he said so just take two minutes and rest and wait and you watch what I'll do with that two minutes because I will increase the minutes but I will increase you. You don't have to have a word to get increased. You just ask me. Just ask me to increase what's in you because I love to do that. I love, love, love to do that. So there is There is a time coming but it's good and I know the devil is speaking evil all around you and he's saying it's bad he's saying it's bad it's bad this nation is going to pot and God says you just watch and wait and you'll be amazed at what comes out of this. For there'll be a new anointing on every single person that waits for me. And those that have an anointing, I'm going to increase it. So, God says, if you wait on me, I will renew your strength. And then you can run and not be weary. And you can walk and not faint. And no matter what the, what the enemy brings against you, you can slough it off. Because as we wait, we rise above. 
what's going on here. And we look down and see all of the turmoil. And God says, just thank me that I can bring you up above it. You don't have to be in it. Come up above it. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else got a word they want to share this morning? Scripture. <laughs> what I'm hearing God say is that I don't know why you ask me for revival. You're sitting in front of a banquet, or you're standing in front of a banquet table. Sit down and eat. Sit down and wait on this. Wait on me. Like she said, two minutes. That's two commercials. Can you not wait two minutes? Can you sit down at the table that's spread before you and eat? I've spread this out for you. Everything that you need is on that banquet table. All you have to do is receive it. You don't have to get revived and all pumped up, but I guarantee you, you will. If you get filled up with that God nutrition, you're going to be revived. You're going to be revived, and not only that, you're going to mature in Him. And then you'll know that He is God, and He's bigger. He's bigger than the fear that's on CNN isn't he he's bigger isn't he yeah i'm not listening to that there's there's lies from the devil god wins he always wins there's never been a battle that he has not won and there never will be he has already done it and all we have to do is enjoy it we just sit down at the table and bask in his presence and eat from him and love him and feel his presence and know know that he has already won he's won hasn't he James he's won he's won and because we are in him we have already won <laughs> amen amen wow God speaking to us today Holy Spirit is ministering to us today as my mom was speaking about the two minutes, I felt like the Lord said, that's, that's our seed. That, that two minutes is just a seed planted. And God always wants to multiply. <laughs> he always wants to make something grow. That seed is a, I mean, that, that two minutes is, is our seed planted in the soil of our heart. And he'll cause it to flourish and grow and be healthy. It changes from the inside out. It's a seed planted. It's just the beginning. I mean, this morning, as I was getting ready for church, I, I turned my, my worship music on. And it's like, I don't know about you, but worship music makes everything go away and causes me to enter in to a place I wasn't. 
you can you can just have heard something or saw something or whatever it was or dealing with something it's like it's like God's love flowing over you and washing that off of your mind and your heart maybe that's the start of your two minutes it's your seed We may feel persecuted right now, but growth has always happened through persecution. We may not like it and it's uncomfortable, and I don't believe God's causing it, but he knows how to work stuff out for our good. We're going to keep our eyes on him. We're going to stand against the plots of the enemy, right? That's our place as sons and daughters, to stand against the enemy and trust God. God is good all the time. A few weeks ago, um, we visited the Grand Canyon. It was my first time to ever be there. I've seen pictures, but I had never, and I was super excited. I love nature. I love the mountains, and I was just, it was a very spiritual experience for me, and I still cry thinking about it because, I mean, how many of you have been to the Grand Canyon before? When you stand on the overlook. I mean, it almost doesn't look real because your, your brain cannot comprehend the dimension of it. It looked like a backdrop that we take pictures in front of. And I just was blown away, and I just kept, I was just like, wow. And God just kept saying the same phrase to me over and over as I was standing there looking at it in awe. He just kept saying, and my love is greater. And my love is greater. And I just kept tearing up and I, I couldn't even, I mean, I just, it was very, it was like God's anointing was there. And as we were just talking about the love of God, you know, at that moment when I was focused on God and, and his greatness and his love, I wasn't worried about the coronavirus. I wasn't worried about the mask that I was supposed to wear and not wear. I wasn't worried about our government and, and, and what our president was doing. I wasn't worried about the riots and everything that were taking place. I was just so focused on the goodness and the, the love of God. And, and sometimes our, our brain can't wrap around the dimensions of his love, but I'm telling you, it's real. Just because you haven't been to the Grand Canyon does not mean it's not real. Whatever you're facing, God's love is greater. God's love is greater. It's the key to being set free is going to another dimension of his love. I truly believe that. It's the key to us, the body of Christ, really 
taking over and changing the culture for Christ. You know, they talk about cancel culture. Yeah, let's cancel the culture and let's change it to a Christ-like culture. And we do that by getting to another dimension of God's love. And we have to get there. We have to shut our brain off and, and stop saying, well, it can't be real. It doesn't look real. It doesn't feel real. God's love is real. And there's another dimension. There's another dimension that we need to go to. And when we go to that new dimension, guess what? There will be another dimension. <laughs> it's like it never stops. And we can't, we can't. I mean, the Grand Canyon went on as far as I, my eyes could see. But God's love is, is eventually the Grand Canyon ends. But God's love never ends. And, and I just want to sing about the goodness of God. Because when we focus on God's goodness, man, it just changes. It, it may not change the, the circumstances around us, but man, it changes us in our perspective. Let's just sing about how good he is today. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. Oh, all my days I've been held in your the goodness of God. Oh, my life, you have been faithful. Oh, my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, I will see of the goodness
I am life. When you decide there's no shadow of turning in me. When you decide you want to follow me everywhere I go. It will change your very being. I want to tell you this praise and worship team has brought in anointing. That's why everybody wants to have a word. When I walked in here today, my word. Tatum, it was marvelous. All of you worship team. I know you felt it too. God wants to do this in your everyday life. Not just on Sunday. Just let go. Let go of all of this stuff. And he'll change you. You won't even have to try. to give a testimony of the goodness of God. Just take an example in your life and just come on up and begin to share the goodness of God. The altar ought to be flooded, you know. It's like, hey... Those little things that you think, you know, those are the things that we're talking about. And you think, well, that's nobody really knows or it doesn't matter, maybe. But the goodness of God, just begin to share on that this morning. You guys can be seated if you want. Good morning. So I know, um, I don't know if everybody here is aware of what uh, my daughter experienced at the beginning of this year. Um if you want to know what God's goodness is like, worship him when you don't feel like worshiping. When everything looks dark, it's kind of like you're in a dark closet. He says, get into your secret place. And when that, I believe, is in darkness. I'm not saying that everything's going to be going bad before you know you could do this. What I'm saying is to be in complete darkness means I am not going to see anything inside of me. I'm going to see everything inside of you. And 
the progress that Jasmine has made, my daughter has made, when the doctor said it was not possible. The doctor said, <clears throat> it is very unlikely that your daughter will not have to have heart surgery. She's only 18 years old at this time. She's 19 now. But at that time, she's 18, and the doctor's saying, I'm going to crack open her chest, and I'm going to take something in there that doesn't belong in there. But I know God, and I know his goodness. And to watch your daughter basically on her deathbed at the age of 18 is a humbling experience. It showed me how powerless I am and how powerful he is. You see, when I got out of God's way, Jasmine began to heal. And what I mean by that is I wanted to do start the exchange. God, if you do this for my daughter, I will do this for you. But God already knows what I'm going to do for him. I don't have to tell him what I'm going to do for him. He tells me what I'm going to do for him. You know, and anyhow... Um, that infection that she had in her heart that the doctor said that we're going to have to go in and take out is gone. Amen. It's totally, completely gone. She's working. She's planning a future in construction. <laughs> but her creativity is beyond measure. And I just want to tell you guys that when you allow God's goodness to overrun your life, no matter what's going on in your life, it doesn't matter. His goodness, when you allow it to just come into your heart, the people around you will see it. They will feel it, and they will know that there's something different about you. Because if you can walk around with a smile on your face, and when nobody knows what is going on in your life, they cannot see the pain and the hurt and the sorrow that you're carrying with you because you're allowing God to show who he is through you. Wow, who's next? Come on, Pastor Sean. As we were in worship this morning, my mind went back to uh, the, when we lost our home in the tornado. And, uh, you know, when we got back to the place the next day, everything was just just like scattered you guys have probably seen pictures if you didn't actually see the actual thing here and uh, and as we've been singing about his goodness and I've been thinking about his mercy Psalm 23 says his goodness and his mercy follow us and as that goodness and mercy followed us even though something traumatic happened even so something that just kind of took everything in our lives and sp spun it around and threw it in all different directions um, his goodness and his mercy picked up those pieces and put them back together. You know, the house that we had purchased, we were thankful for, but it had black mold and it had some issues. And God took that and kind of cleaned the slate, you know. So, but again, his goodness and his mercy follow us. You know, we go through things in life where it seems like that, where things we get picked up and, and, and everything gets spun around like it's put in a blender. But just as, as has been spoken over and over again with the words Pastor Virginia has spoken, everybody is saying the same thing this morning. Just allow his love and his goodness and mercy to pick up those pieces and put it back to the way he wants. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.
Okay, so almost as of July 19th, it'll be four months of my brother, he passed away. And after he passed away, I was okay. And then, you know, he had killed himself. Four months before he had done that, he had told me not to do it because it was selfish and stupid and you'd hurt way more people than you could have imagined. And for the past four years of my life, I've struggled with suicide, self-harm, depression, anxiety, and all that. And out of all the 15 suicide attempts total I've had done, uh, I'm still alive. And there's been times where I was passed out on my bed or, you know, had no idea what was going on around me. And I always tell people I don't know how, like, there has to be a reason why I'm still here. And um, one night, uh, I've had a hard time letting go of my brother. And one night, I, um, I was sitting outside and... After my brother died, I will admit I did go into drinking. One night, I was sitting outside and I was just like kind of, I was kind of yelling at him. I was talking to him. I don't know if he said anything bad. But after that, I don't know, I just kind of felt like I had let him in, I guess. Because after all the stuff I've been through, I just kind of been mad at him. I'm like, why, why would you let this happen? Why could, from the happy little girl I was, go from being happy to being sad all the time and not wanting to be here? And after that, he just kind of came in and things have been better. You know, my husband committed suicide. And, well, you didn't know that, but... <laughs> But I understand. I understand the anger. I understand the confusion. But God is so much bigger. And he's got a book that all your days are written in. And he's got a plan for your life. And he's going to take all that yuck. And he's going to turn it into something so beautiful. And amazing and every year that passes you're gonna look back and you're gonna go wow I've come so far wow yeah I, I went through this and I, but I'm here I got through it and I'm here and I'm growing and I'm getting stronger every year just know that he has numbered all your days he's got a great plan for you darling a great plan, a dynamic plan. He's going to take all that yuck and he's going to turn it into a diamond. And it's going to shine bright. And it's going to just, have you ever seen light through a prism? It's just going to shoot everywhere on everybody. And everybody's going to get affected by that beautiful light that he shines through that diamond in you. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you know the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. There is nothing hidden from you. I thank you, Father, that you see the brokenhearted and you say, I will heal you. Sit before me and let me just pour my healing into you. And now I just decree in the name of Jesus that that healing balm 
flows through you, flows through every broken crevice, every crack, every ding, every dent, every deception that the enemies tried to bring against you, that healing balm flows over it and just washes it clean, just polishes you so bright and shiny. You are healed in Jesus' name. I decree it. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. Devil, you did your worst, and now we're going to see God do his best in your life. <laughs> glory, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yes, and I decree that that generational curse of suicide attempts has stopped with this one because I, too, tried when I was growing up. And I decree right now that it has stopped with her. But my testimony, <laughs> uh, as Pastor Sean put it, you know, their lives was like they would put in a blender with the tornado and stuff. That's kind of how our lives have been since we brought Messiah into our lives. I mean, it's been a blender going upside down, round and round, sideways and everything else. <laughs> well, for the past year and a half, he has been afraid to sleep in his own bed. So he's been sleeping with us. And I'm talking king-size bed, and Scott and I have this much room to sleep on. And it's not funny. It, it hurts. <laughs> You're kind of hanging over the edge, you know. But my testimony is this past week to that, tonight will be a full week that he has slept in his own bed. Only God knows what has turned, but we have seen a difference in him. There's still things that would need to be worked on because of his childhood and, and everything, but God's changing him. <laughs> Grandma's heart is so happy. I've shared this before. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. But I just have to give a testimony of the goodness of God. You know, last year, I don't even know when it started because it was probably starting years before that. But it came to a peak of just, just heaviness. And not really wanting to pursue anything with God. I loved him. I know he's good. But I allowed the enemy to have me in a pretty dark place. And if you understand gradualism, it was gradually building so it wasn't just like one day I'm fine and the next day I wasn't. That means you can put a frog in a pot and you can slowly <laughs> kill that frog. But if you just boiled it immediately, it'd jump out, right? So that's what the enemy does to us. Gradually comes in many times and just blindsides us 
and I know the I know what to do I know the answers of how to come and stand against the enemy and I know all that but yet I wasn't and had no desire to to do what I knew to do and we're leading you but it was a really dark place I don't think he knew how dark it was until after I started coming out of it and I would share with them you don't understand I didn't want to be here I, it wasn't suicide I just would rather be there that makes any sense it wasn't about me taking my life I just wanted it to be easier I wanted to be with him I was tired of not seeing the things happen in my life that I was believing God for all those things that just added up to darkness overtaking me and I told you before I finally went to the doctor she was going to give me antidepressants I thought well because I didn't want to fight spiritually I mean I I'm sorry I have to say that in front of you but I feel like you need someone here needs to hear that and I'm okay I mean if you if you're taking them I'm not bringing any condemnation I'm just telling you my story my testimony and I got home with that bottle and I was like God this is not the answer this is not your best for me Shelly Cox this is not your best and that's when I said okay God I surrender to you your way to set me free your way to bring healing in my heart because I can look back now and know it was years of building. But I stand here today knowing that from that day, I had to do my part. I was binding every spirit that I could see coming against me off of my life, out of my heart, that I'd open the door up for. I've just no vision, no passion, no fire. And it was like from one week to the next, I didn't recognize me. So I want to encourage you. Maybe you've been in one of those really dark places. God wants to set you free. I can now listen again. My mom told me just the other day, you've changed. And I know I have a praying mama. And she knew things weren't right. And you probably did too. 
I think I can cover up things pretty good for most of you, but I'm sure those of you that were praying for me or you, you didn't see who I was, but I don't want to be who I was. I want to be who God wants me from here forward. And I want to testify the goodness of God. Yeah, I didn't take the pills. Yeah, right. I hope Eric said just make that clear. Not that they're bad. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying for me, I had to do what was right for me. And the power of God operating in my life. The enemy does want to destroy us. He does want to keep us from moving forward. He does want us to not have passion and not have fire and not desire to move forward in him. That is his plan because he's sneaky, you know. But he's not more powerful. I told Derek the other day, I said, we've talked about two kingdoms. And I'm not saying that the devil doesn't have his cohorts and everything, but you know what? There's one kingdom. There's one kingdom, God's kingdom. God's kingdom. They're not equal with two equal kingdoms. He may have his cohorts and all of his demons and everything like that, but it's God's kingdom. It's one kingdom. And we have all power over the enemy's kingdom. That's what Jesus died to give us, all power and all authority. So I just want to pray for you right now. If, you've, if you're in that place of darkness, God wants to bring you out. So Father, I pray for each person here. I thank you, Father, that you are their light in their life. And your light of love wants to shine on the darkness that's holding them captive. Lord, I pray that they can surrender to you. Surrender where the enemy has gained a foothold without even realizing it, but just knowing they can't move forward. It's like just holding them in, in, in one place where they can't take a step forward. I bind up every assignment from the enemy against them right now in the name of Jesus. I bind their minds to the mind of Christ, that, that their minds are clear to think God's thoughts and God's ways and God's heart and receive his love so that they can be free. Lord, I thank you, Father, for each one here. I thank you, Father, that you cause something to shift within them. And the darkness has to be dispelled by your light. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for freedom. Freedom they've, never, they've not known before freedom in you free to receive your love 
Maybe you've just not been able to receive. We've sung about his love. We talked about his love. But you, the enemy still has you feeling not worthy or keeping you in shame or keeping you in disappointment for not doing what you think or we think you should do in our lives. Lord, I release and speak over them freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. In the name of Jesus. You got anybody else that wants to give a testimony this morning? It's just stirring in your heart this morning. Uh, yeah, my wife and I, we didn't plan on staying in Woodward when we when we moved here. Uh, we was actually buying a car here, and somehow or other, I guess God had different plans. <laughs> Um, we we were homeless when we came here and by the grace of God we got on our feet we got jobs and everything's just falling into place here so I feel this is where we're supposed to be I love all you guys. I don't know all of you, but I mean, I love this church. I love this town. And I love my pastor and his wife. They've, they've done so much. For... <laughs> they've done so much for us. And I'm sorry I'm getting emotional, but it's just, I mean, God, God has a path for us. I don't know where it is in the Bible it says that, but if you stay walking that path, good things will happen. And I just, I want to continue on that path and be where I'm at right now today. And I thank each and every one of you for all the prayers and everything you've done for us. Thank you. Way back, it's been 10 years ago, almost, um, that my daughter Eden was diagnosed with cancer, uh, 2010. And um, I remember this lady told me one day, um, I wrote in a blog a lot when Eden was sick, and I was talking about God caring about little things and big things. And I had a lady tell me once, wow, thank you for writing that because um you know i often think well god has too many things to on his plate so he's not going to care about my you know my headache or something small and you know social media is really bad about um you know when someone cares about a cause then someone um, will come back and go well what about the thousand people that die every day from fill in the blank and God's not, God's not like that. He, he cares about 
everything. He doesn't have, he doesn't have, um, these are big things that are on my plate today, but Tennille's going to have to wait for, um, you know, the money for gas in her car because, you know, black lives matter or, or people need to wear a mask or whatever the cause is. He's not, it's not an us against them. And, and our society is so bad about that. It's something that I personally just, it drives me crazy. But uh, you can care about things equally, you know, you can, you can care about this and you can also care about this. Um, but I just had an example about God caring about the small things or maybe not, it's not even small to you. It's not even small to you, but you know, in our, in our humanness, we categorize things and um, praise God, um, he's not human. And at the start of the COVID, um, I was actually working double the hours when um, it all started. Everyone was like, I'm watching all this Netflix. And I'm like, I wish I was. I, I had to work a bunch. And um, uh, I was just randomly thinking about this friend I have who's almost exactly to the day my age. We turned 44 this year in March. And she has been without a life partner this whole this whole time. She's never been married. She's never dated seriously. She's never been engaged even. And um, I don't know. I just something made me think about her. And I was like, I need to pray for her. For I was like, God has someone out there for her. And I just it made my heart sad that she didn't have someone you know to like do 2020 with you know it's been a rough year right so I was just thinking about her and um and so the last few weeks I've just been praying about her and um one day she posted something random on Facebook and so I would normally never do this but I just text her and I said hey I don't know why I'm telling you this because normally I wouldn't but God told me to pray for you for a perfect mate and she was like to She's like, you're the second person just randomly told me that he had asked them to pray. And he, she said, it's just like, and she actually hasn't even given me the full story. She's been so busy. She's like, I got to call you sometime and tell you why that's so pertinent to this timing in my life. And so we were just talking about the goodness of God. And I just want to say, God is thinking about you. I mean, he's thinking about you and he's asking people to pray for you and he's setting up ways for you to move forward in your life. No matter what the craziness, he's still thinking about you in your life, in your circumstance and how you can move forward. And he's setting the stage for you to do that. So praise Jesus. anybody else I just feel like this is where we are this morning here Let's... Uh, got one more to give Messiah he's been wanting a pool all summer and we had looked into buying him one and we're like uh, uh, you know <laughs> looking at the prices of him. even an old stock tank you know is a little above our means make a story short one of our neighbors gave us a pool complete with pump complete with three nets full of all kinds of toys and 
floats and everything else and three different pumps a salt pump and two regular pumps and I'm like God you are so good you know this kid goes over and bugs these people all the time so I knew this was God giving us the pool from them <laughs> maybe it was their way of keeping him home I don't know <laughs> but we was trying the pumps well the two regular ones quit we didn't have everything we needed for the salt pump because you got to have a regular pump to run with the salt pump so I'm like okay well God stepped in again somebody gave us a pump that's twice the size of a regular pump so it pumps twice the press water pressure so we are up and running and he is in that pool every day he has taught himself to swim I mean it has really been a blessing so I had to brag on him <laughs> anybody else this morning Oh, I was like, she kept asking permission to do one more. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so talky. Um, um, <laughs> where do I begin? God is so good. He's, he loves me so much. And, and your Grand Canyon thing just, wow. <laughs> and, and his love is so much bigger. In February, I felt, in, in January, I felt impressed to call Kelly our Kelly, our prophet Kelly, um, and have a session with her. And we just, I, we set it up and then the COVID thing happened and she been blah, blah, blah. And then, and we went to this conference and blah. Anyway, came back and sat down with her in the Western room back there and had a deliverance session with her. And she walked me through some, some things in my life where, um, that I needed to let go of some ugly things in my life, the memories and things that I needed to allow God to take from me. I, I was holding on to them because they were my battle wounds. I deserve to hang on to them. <laughs> she said, she asked me to play if, if I placed that in my hand, what would it look like? And I said, it looks it looks like a rotten piece of meat and it smells really, really foul. And she says, will you give that to Jesus? And I, I thought at first I was repulsed by that. And I thought, why would he want that? But in obedience, I just, as an act of obedience, I just handed it to Jesus and he put it in his hand and he waved his other hand over it. I'm, I'm talking my language now, you know. I know this is probably this is probably you're not gonna find this in your Bible, but this is how he talks to me. He wove he wa he waved his hand over it, and opened his brought his hand back over and put that object back in my hand, and it was a perfectly faceted ruby. So he t he took that ugliness, and he turned it into something beautiful, just like he's doing in your life. And while we were sitting there, she says, wow, you know, the rubies are the symbol of wisdom. And I said, well, then you're going to really be blown away because I'm seeing a mountain right beside us. And it's I've got a river of rubies rolling down this mountain around my feet. And they're just stacking up. And I thought I wanted to be a farm her. You know, you've heard that term, farmer, farm girl, farm her. And I've been looking for my farm. 
I was gonna, I was gonna farm and grow them vegetables, baby, and take them to the farmer's market. And Holy Spirit said so sweetly to me, and I know it was him because I would never have thought this, not in a million years. He said, will you allow me to change your vision? Just very quietly. And I said, yes, Lord, of course. Your ways are higher than, well, you know, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He says, I want you to go to school and learn how to teach others about my love. So I said, okay. I've got two houses here. How, where, how am I going to go to school with I own two houses? He said, let me take care of that. Within a week, both those houses were sold. And I was enrolled in Rama for this, this fall, September 1, school starts. So it's been kind of hard waiting, but I've been in the house search and all that. And gone through four contracts, and each house failed. And I, each time one would fail, I would say, are you trying to tell me something, God? And did I miss it? And he would say, no, keep pressing on. This is just the enemy trying to distract you. And so on the fifth house, I found it. And we close on the 24th of this month. And I'm heading off to Ramah. I'm going to spend three years up there, God willing. And yes, he is willing, isn't he? <laughs> and I'm going to, I don't know where he's going to take me from there. I asked him a while back, hey, don't give me the whole picture because you know me. I'm going to jump to the end of the story and try to make everything happen. Just give me one piece at a time, God. So Eric asked me, he said, well, what are you going to school for? And I said, I'm just being obedient. I'm just going to school. But anyway, God made that happen. Changed me from a farm her <laughs> to a student, to a seeker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but God is good. And if you've got a dream in your heart, I've been thinking about you, uh, Bobby, all morning. You've been on my heart and I've been praying for you. While I was getting ready for church this morning, I was praying for you and thinking about the dream that God has put in your heart. And I don't know what's happened with that because I've kind of lost touch with you. But I want you to know that his dreams is, are his, in his promises. He didn't take them back. He puts it in you for a reason, and it's in there. If you're going to be a barber, you need to do that. You may have already accomplished that. I don't know. But, you, but I've been praying about that all morning. If God has put that in your heart, don't let the world put, don't let the world mess it up. Set your forehead like flint and press on. Come on, somebody needs to give the Lord Almighty hand clap of praise. Thank you. God is good. He is really good. Well, this is new. Um, <clears throat> I was just standing there minding my business, and um, I believe God said, um, well, He brought to remembrance. Um, a teaching that Christine Kane, I don't know if you're familiar with Christine Kane, but she did a teaching at Bethel to students about a crushing, about being crushed. And out of that crushing comes his anointing. Well, the reason I say it's new is because I heard as clear as day, the Lord say, um, today's the day for your finances to be crushed because I don't know if you understand how 
when you put a seed in the ground, how it's in the dark and it gets crushed, but the most beautiful things come out of it. So I was like, okay, I, I'm on that. <laughs> I'm on that. So this crushing, the anointing that comes along with it. See, this is what I believe he's saying. It's like, it's not going to make you a wealthy person, but it's going to increase my kingdom. And I want you to be a part of it. I don't know the, the entirety of the details of what he means by increasing his kingdom, but this is new to me because I don't pray over tithes and offerings or do anything as such. So I knew it was the Lord because this wouldn't have come from my, my thought. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you for the crushing, Lord God, and the beauty that comes from it, Lord God. As we sing about you turning graves into gardens, Lord God, I thank you that as we sow this seed today, Father, that it is a sweet-smelling aroma to your nostrils, Father God, that it is a form of worship to you, that we worship you with our finances today, Lord God. Father, that your kingdom may be increased, Lord God, that we may be able to see and serve more souls for you, Lord God. Father, whatever this increase is, Lord God, I thank you that even if the weapon is formed, it will not prosper. Father, because anything that comes up against you, Lord God, does not prosper. Father, I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for your understanding. I thank you for the love that you give us each and every day, Lord God, and I am thankful for your grace. Lord, I ask today in the name of Jesus, Lord God, even whatever is given, Lord God, today, Father, that you will multiply and increase every person in this place, Lord God. Father, and for those who are online, Lord God, I ask that you place in their heart, Lord God, that they may give online, Father God, that they may be able to give. So, Father, I thank you that as we come before you, Lord God, with humble hearts, Lord God, we also come to you in boldness, Lord God, because you have asked us to come to you in boldness. Father, I thank you that your word does not return to you void. And I thank you, Father, that your kingdom will increase. Father, and I thank you that you've given us the opportunity to be a part of it. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here, Lord God. And even if it's giving of their time, Father God, I thank you that you count it towards it. In Jesus' name, Lord God, I thank you. Amen.
I could stand up here for the next six hours and give you testimony of what God's done. 30 years ago, I couldn't give you that because I wasn't looking at as if God has done it. Does that make sense? In other words, when you first get connected to the things of God, it's amazing how God will move quickly. And he'll move and he'll very undoubtedly, you'll know that's what God did. And then down the road, as you are involved in the world, you begin to think, well, it's just coincidence or it's just those things that happen. Um, I don't even use the word luck. I don't like the word luck. I don't believe in the word luck. I believe in the word fortune. God's good fortune in our lives. So when you start looking at it and you start seeing what God has done, and I'm telling you, you become to the place where you're grateful for those things because you realize that God has done it. And I was talking about your car, you know, the car that you were talking about. I wanted to give you a testimony because some people like, Eric, you got it made. You're, you know, God has blessed me. There's no doubt about it. But you guys don't know when I was believing God for an automobile to get to work. Or I rode my bicycle 16 miles into Charlotte, North Carolina to get to work one night. So then I spent the night in the grocery store because I had to work at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I get into my truck and somebody's like one day was like, man, you need to get a new truck. And I'm like, I don't need a new truck. You don't understand the truck I used to have. You anybody had one of those deals where you got to worry about where you park it? So you park it on a hill because it, the starter doesn't work. So you got to pop the clutch to be able to start. Oh, come on, somebody. And I can look back and I can go, God, I was thankful for that truck. And I'm thankful for the truck that I've got now. Come on, somebody. And sometimes we don't even realize those things. And we've got to give God the glory for it. I could go through and tell you, I wanted to go to a NASCAR race. And I went to a NASCAR race and I sat in what's called the chicken bone section. The chicken bone section is down in front where the people behind you eat their chicken bones and they throw it up towards the, the screens right before the deal. And it hits you in the back of the head. I got tickets to go to a NASCAR race and I sat in the chicken bone section. And God is so good that it was many years later, I got an invitation to sit in a VIP booth where they brought me my own chicken and my own chocolate cake and my own drinks. Come on, somebody. That is the God that I'm telling you that I serve that God. And I am grateful for the chicken bone section. Come on. But I'm also grateful for the VIP booth that I had the opportunity to go in and do that. So the guy hands me tickets and he says, don't you want to go across to the infield? So I've got my son Joel at that time. He's like eight years old. And I said, yeah. So we go down. We cross onto the infield and we go in to see the drivers. We're looking at the cars and this guy looks up at me and he goes, that boy's not supposed to be here. I didn't know you had to be 18 years old to be on the infield. I had tickets and we walked right on in there. And I said this, I said, listen, I said, I'm, we're leave. we'll leave right now. He said, okay, you guys got to go. So you had to cross back over the track in order to get into the stands to go up to the VIP booth. And we start to cross over and they close the track. And here come the drivers. And we're standing right here. I mean, some of you, the NASCAR fans, you know what I'm talking about. But, 
you know, if you're, you know, uh, football fans, baseball fans, we've got the drivers, right? And, you know, I, I kind of liked Jeff Gordon. And, and I look up and here comes Jeff Gordon walking right by me. And I'm trying to get my camera right like this. And he walks by. And then, and then I said, Jeff. And he turned around and he saw Joel. And he goes, walks all the way back over, comes over and says, hey, buddy, how you doing? He's shaking his hand. I'm trying to get my camera together to take a picture of Jeff Gordon because he's standing right here in front of me. Are you with me? So Jeff Gordon wins the race. And Joel goes, maybe he should shake my hand every race because he won. But I watched him shake his hand. See, the favor of God, God will bring you those little things. He'll bring you those little things. And when, you, when we are just faithful in serving him, I don't know, maybe something's stirring in me. But I'm, I want to be faithful to serve him. And I'm not going to apologize because I got a truck. My truck, I got a nice truck. I, yeah, I can get in it and it starts. Come on, amen. And, and I can drive it and it's got air conditioning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's got air conditioning other than just rolling the windows down and going fast. That's what I'm talking about, those little things. We can look at markers in our life, and yes, there all can be hurt, and there can be pain, and there can be difficulty, and God's not giving us what we think He ought to give us. Then stop looking at that and start looking at what He is giving you and what He has put in your hand and where you've gone from and where He's brought you to and what He's brought you out of. There's been times where I should have been dead, and I wasn't dead, and maybe it's for this moment right here, right now, a testimony to the goodness of God so I could give you testimony testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony and y'all be going okay Eric sit down that's enough let's stand to your feet today if Shelly and I are gonna are gonna pray and, and and for people this morning if you'd like prayer we want you to be able to come I know there's some joining us online and we're gonna take care of that sometime pretty soon but we want you to be able to pray to come and allow us to pray with you some of you may be under pressure. You've got your kids in the back, and you need to be able to take them. That's great. And if you've got to do that, please go ahead and do that. But we want to pray and dismiss you. But Shelly and I just want to stay for the next few minutes. If you guys can just play because you're anointed, and we just want to be able to pray for you. If you'd like prayer and you'd like to stay for us to pray for you, just kind of line up in these aisles right over here. And we, we just want to quickly go through and lay our hands upon you and bless you and ask the Lord to comfort you and give you peace in all these things. But I want to pray for you as we dismiss this morning. If you're here today and you don't know this Jesus that I met many years ago when I was 20, we want to introduce you to him. If you're here today and you want to rededicate your life to Christ, let us do that. Just come, just let me know. Say, look, I want to rededicate my life. We'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. So we just want, I just want to release you, those that want to go. We're just going to release a blessing upon your life. Father, we just thank you for your testimony today. The word that has come forth has been rich and it's full. And if anybody gets this, they got to know that you are good in the midst of difficult situations, even in the midst of being on the mountaintop. You are still good. And that we focus our, 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 our lives upon you. That we look to you, God, in all things. 
I pray that there's people here that will say, maybe I didn't seek you on this and I seek you on that. That need wisdom and they seek you. And that need understanding and they seek you. That need a job and they seek you. That need finances and they seek you. That need peace and they seek you. That need restoration and they seek you. That need reparation and they seek you. That need, you know, forgiveness, God, and they seek you. That, that they'll just begin to seek you on all these things. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you gave your only begotten Son that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That it's not about a religion, but it's about a relationship. And people's relationship will increase right now with you because of your love. We release that on your lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hey, we bless you. Those of you that are joining us online, we're going to pray for some people. God bless you. Thank you, guys. Go forth. and.